Please welcome our new sponsor, Play Action Pools. Go to playactionpools.com as they have launched the newest sports pool hosting platform. Play Action is your spot for all your football contest needs, whether it's Pick'em or Survival Pool. Play Action has customizable options for picking against the spread or picking straight up NFL, college, or both. You have to check out their exciting new Build Your Bankroll format. It operates as a virtual sports book. You know your buddy who's always bragging about how great of a handicapper he is? Well, put him to the test and put all your friends to the test, whether it's family, coworkers, or whoever. Put them to the ultimate test with the Play Actions Build Your Bankroll. Go to playactionpools.com to play today. Go to the link located here in the bio of today's episode and you will see how to play on playactionpools.com and be a part of the two-man power trip of wrestling's pool check it out pick your favorite games and see if you can become a winner check the link in the bio for the two-man power trip of wrestling's pool and go to playactionpools.com and type in two-man power trip of wrestling there's two ways to play there pick your favorites pick the best but most importantly win so go to playactionpools.com today the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production and now for something completely different hey i was i'm a hall of famer i'm in three halls of fame for the young fans they don't give a damn they just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now and i got no problem with those rules i know the rules going in i'm happy to play the game that way and when ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he pinned me i thought that something happened i couldn't hear a thing you could have heard the pin drop in that arena it touched me so deeply that when i went in the dressing room i really felt depressed I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name, that happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character.
Welcome to the two-man power trip. I'm your host, JP John Paz. We are welcoming back a great guest to the show. He was on a show a few years ago, believe it or not, when Hunting Hitler was kind of dominating the, the ranks of the History Channel. But he is, of course, a sergeant, an Army Ranger, a Green Beret, a legendary MMA fighter. Here's Mr. Tim Kennedy. Tim, welcome back. How you doing? I'm amazing. How are you doing? Very good. What's going on in your world? Man, just training. Um working hard election i just voted where's my sticker i don't know it's over there somewhere yeah just uh i'm doing the 2022 thing pretty hard getting business back up and going you know making sure people don't forget about uh what 2021 was like so we have a better year yeah god let's let's hope so jesus uh for sure what's going on with uh bjj i see you wrestling uh and grappling this mountain of a man what the heck's going on over there dude big dan um actually i don't want to see my, my face is jacked up yeah, six eight, two hundred and ninety pounds. Um, he's a you know talented grappler with the new wave team with Danaher. Um, I watched him at uh, at on it. I think it was the Eddie Bravo Invitational. Like blow, just like literally break some dude's leg. Um, I bought. I bounced around between uh, the new wave team. Um, I'm I'm actually sitting at my uh, at my headquarters where we have our own jujitsu gym in it. Um, and Sean uh, J. Ribeiro's team at Six Blades. So I train six days a week, um, try to get somewhere between six to 10 sessions a week. Man, that guy, it's almost unfair. How do you deal with that? No, your professor or whatever would say technique, technique, but how do you deal with a guy that big? He's, he's gigantic. He is gigantic. He, uh, it's His size is a problem, but he's also really, really good. I know it's really easy to look at like the Gordon Ryans and, um, you know, and the Big Dans and uh, – you know, even even now, John Jones moving to heavyweight, and when I, where I know he's going to be very dominant, and people are like, ah, because he's big. He's like, no, he's also really good, and that's where the problem is. You know, size does matter, um, as does technique, and I think those two things kind of even each other out. Like, if everybody's equally talented in the technique department, obviously the bigger and stronger and faster person is going to win. Um, and the delta between those two, like, there's no telling where that's at. The thing amazed me years ago when you were fighting for Strike Force and you were fighting Jacare Souza, he would not take you down. He did not want to go on the ground with you, which is shocking because obviously if it's background, were you kind of just looking back at that surprise? It's like, damn, you must be pretty good on the ground. If this guy's like, nope, I want no part of taking you down. Yeah, that, that was a mistake on my part. I, I thought for sure, you know, I did a lot of my fight camp um, preparing for him to take me down and, you know, wrestling, clench, um, stand-ups, uh, and, you know, if you look at my fight with Hodger Gracie in the UFC, um, that's what the fight with Jacare would have been like. Uh, so, like, I, I will actually give him a nod for in fight camp. Like, he knew what I was going to be preparing for, which is him trying to take me down. And I think he knew that being on the ground with me is not where he'd want to be. And, uh, man, I, uh, you know, I, I did lose that fight. That was a title fight. Yep. And, um, I, I, close though. It was really close. Um, I, I still think I won that fight, but uh, ha had I been more prepared for his aversion to going on the ground with me, it would have been a totally uh, dominant fight. I thought you did win. Should have won the title, but you know that's uh, neither here nor there. But that was really close, and obviously, you know, he had a different game plan than than what you would normally think from Jacare. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. When you look at your fighting career, absolutely done. I know you kind of retired in 2016, but you absolutely done. No, no more, no more MMA. 
no, no, I'll never get hit in the head for money again. Um, I, uh, you know, nearly 18 years as a professional fighter. Um, I love, 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 love being a fighter. I, I still love and treat myself like a professional athlete. Um, I still train enough to, to compete at a very high level, but, um, I, I plan on living to a hundred and I plan on doing martial arts until I'm a hundred and, um, I want to take care of my brain. Some of those fights, like you said, Jacare, even Yoel Romero, when you look at that fight, that could have been a TKO because he didn't even get up off the stool. You know what I mean? There, there's certain things when you look back, you got to not be annoyed at, but it's like, oh man, you know, I had that one. Yeah, I, I definitely had a roller coaster career. You know, I had the privilege of fighting for a couple of world titles, you know, as a champion in a, in a few different organizations. Um, and, uh, but I think every athlete's going to look back, you know, Mike Tyson, greatest of all time is going to look back and be like, man, uh, why did I bite that dude's ear off? You know? Um, <laughs> so everybody has those regrets. Like, uh, you know, like, and if you think about the what ifs, like the UL Romero, like, did he cheat? Absolutely. Did I win that fight? Absolutely. Did I knock him out? Absolutely. Did he not answer the bell? Absolutely. And if I sit here and they're like, Oh, the, what if they called it at the end of the second between the third round, um, and I went on to fight Michael Bisbing and I became the UFC champion. Cause of course I would destroy Michael Bisbing a second time. Um, all of those, those are useless roads to go down to me. Obviously won that one, but I was always not maybe surprised, but like everyone's talked to Bisbing. Oh, look at, look at his resume. Like you had no problem. I mean, you wiped the floor with him. That was not an easy fight per se, but that wasn't uh, like a, a difficult win. You know what I mean? You, you handled him easily. Yeah, it was not a close fight, but um, it was it was a credit to him. He's a tough guy, you know. I I, I put it on him for for those five rounds. I literally like, beat the brakes off him, and he got up every single time, and he f- tried to fight his way back to his feet. And um, every time he answered that bell with a look of trying to knock me out. So as much as I may not like him as a person, uh, when he was a fighter, he 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 seems like he's doing great as a commentator. But um, it was uh, – I enjoyed fighting him that way. He's always like the bad guy. You know what I mean? It's especially to us in the States. It's always like Bisbang Hendo, and Hendo cleaned his clock. You know what I mean? Like he's always the villain to us. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's his, that was his shtick, right? Like that's how he sold um, tickets was by being the villain. And um, – same way that you know Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor did it, and the same way um, you know that now Colby Covington does it. It's uh, it, it's in every fight you'll you'll want to have people that are cheering for the villain, and then you have want guys that are like cheering for the hero and the Captain America. Um, so that's it's part of the fight game. Definitely Captain America for you, for sure. That's what it. That's what it seemed like. And even when you did a tribute to the troops, kind of thing, you know, the when you, when you guys were fighting in front of the troops, killed Natal too. I mean, that like it almost seemed like a little bit of, of that that push from them, like a little bit of a Captain America vibe. Yeah, it, it, it's I've fought in some of the biggest places in the world. You know, I was supposed to fight um, Rashad Evans at Madison Square Gardens. Um, you know, from live in front of tens of thousands of people with millions of people watching, but there's something extra special about being in an aircraft hangar um, on a military base surrounded by people in uniform. It's pretty rad. And getting the KO, you know, getting, getting the win was awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, but being there is 
one of the highlights of my career. When you look at that, does UFC, you know, it's, it's almost like, okay, you, you, I mean, we're actually fighting for real, real. I mean, life or death situations. Do UFC mean like less to you because of that experience? I mean, is it almost easier doing UFC? It's like, man, it, I'm almost getting killed out here for real. I could do it and I could fight for money. I mean, fighting's just fighting. Uh, and it's a sport. Yeah. I, I'm not disparaging fighting, but like, there is a person in the octagon with us whose sole purpose is to protect the athletes. Um, you know, they're, uh, yeah, they, they can't even be compared. They're, they're so, so vastly different. Um, I'm, uh, I, I never compared them in my mind to be any similar, to have any similarities whatsoever. Uh, like the only thing really was like the discipline, the intentionality of training camps and, uh, and ultimately like, you know, you walk into a special operations team room and like the guys look like Greek gods. You know, when you walk into a fight camp at you know, Jackson, Winkle John, um, you know, your like top team, like everybody looks like they're carved out of stone. So there is that similarity that physically the guys are all monsters. So I guess they have that. I mean, just to think about it, it's like, wow, this guy is, uh, you know, fighting for us, you know, really, but fighting for real, you know, you kill people and vice versa. And it's like, yeah, maybe UFC isn't, uh, you know, the most dangerous place he's ever, the Akon is not the most dangerous place he's ever been to. Nah, fighting's, fighting the sports, just fighting. It's, I've been doing that since I was like four with my big brother. Be a little intimidated, like if I was fighting, you know, he's like, Man, this guy's been, you know, he's been some places, right? I mean, where have you been, like, as far as serving and stuff? Literally everywhere that we've been at war at for the past 20 years. Um, you know, but like, everybody bleeds, you know, me, me going to war didn't better prepare me to be an athlete because they're different. Um, you know, and I, I, I hope that all of my training, my, all of my opponents, um, you know, just went in there as if they're fighting another guy. You know, like I didn't have a gun, you know, I didn't, right. I didn't have body armor on. I was sitting there in shorts and gloves, just like they were even playing field. Where's the most dangerous place you've been as far as in the, in the world, obviously. Oh man. Um, you should, uh, watch the documentary send me on Amazon. Okay. Um, that was during the evacuation of Afghanistan. That was terrible. Um, I was in Ukraine a couple of times this year. That was terrible. Um, and then obviously peak Afghanistan and peak Iraq during Al-Qaeda and Taliban. Uh, we'll say their peak years, early war. Um, all over Africa. Yeah, all the things. Man, to me, like that's just like, crazy like of, of where you've been what you've been able to do what you've seen obviously but then the flip side of it which is really cool it's like they take that th your you know your ability to be all these places and they used it for the history channel for the hunting hitler show which was awesome because it's like who better to send than tim kennedy you know what i mean that was like just the perfect casting if you will like how did that actually occur how do they like find you and get you for that show i mean so i uh they, they, they weren't calling me for to be an on-screen talent they were calling to, to like consult. They're going down to South America. I'd been deployed to South America multiple times. Um, they needed somebody that could fly drones. Obviously, I can fly drones. Um, you, they needed somebody that had used ground penetrating radar, that could speak Spanish, that had contacts, you know, in Chile and Argentina. So, like, obviously, that's 
a lot of seventh special forces group guys that deploy to South America often. And, uh, and most people that had been to combat in the past 10 years had, whether it was drone or ground penetrating radar experience. So I, I was in this group of people that were very eligible to do or consult for them about some of the technology that they were going to use. And then in the process of like talking about the, the episodes and the preparation for the episodes, uh, they're like, man, could, would you just be on screen? I was like, I don't know if I can, but, uh, you're going to pay me to hunt Nazis. I'm in, I'm in. Right. Yeah. Crazy what you guys were able to find too, because you'd think like, okay, um, is is this true? Did they really escape? Like, what really happened? And then, lo and behold, you guys find all that stuff. And not only did they escape, they lived these places. They, I mean, they kind of cultivated these areas. They were living under their real names. Sometimes, I mean, pretty yeah. crazy, scary stuff. Yeah, evil, evil, evil people living into their old age angers me. Yeah, I'd rather them just be in the dirt early before they do any damage but stay like it it is like what's the craziest thing that you found when when you look back at that show because you guys are finding like all their paraphernalia i mean the, the big symbols you guys i mean you guys are finding all this archive arc uh architectural stuff of theirs yeah man i got in trouble from facebook and instagram because we found uh in this dude's house in in um buenos aires argentina we found a bunch of like uber nazi paraphernalia that the guy had kept from his father he like swastikas and iron crosses and palm leaves and and i was like dude look at what we found on this nazi down here and uh instagram was like i got a, a check mark against me for hate speech um uh, like, literally can't even read because i was talking about hunting nazis and um <laughs> yeah. but uh whatever i don't know uh, joseph mangale his he's the angel of death he's a yeah. super nasty dude um i physically held his marriage certificate where he married a woman to be able to have um citizenship and own land down there that was really eerie and i we followed him into this place called Bariloche, um and then we followed him into chile to this place called via bavaria and uh he helped set up a hospital there you know, and it's um, it's it blows my mind that one of the most evil humans to ever walk the face of the earth died of old age on a beach in Brazil. You know, like that sucks. And under his name, which is just nuts. It's like, how the hell do you, you still have your same name? Like somebody should have found you, gotcha, but they never did. No. Yeah. I think he was being protected, but that's a different story. Right, right, of course, yeah. Who, who knows? Operation Paperclip and all the other stuff with NASA and all the other stuff going on. You, yeah. you never know what's truly, uh, truly going on down there. But I would love for them to bring that show back. I mean, that that show was so good because it's like, what the hell? Like the the secrets of the world. Like, what the hell is going on out there? Why are they being protected? Why had they get out? And then you know, you find out with not only submarines but the planes that were out. Is Russia wasn't paying attention, or maybe intentionally? Who the hell knows some of that stuff? But you guys were able to unearth some crazy stuff. Yeah. 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 I, I, I hope people go and watch that show. It's, I, I think it's important for like, I, history is so important for us to not repeat the mistakes of our past. You, yep. you have to know your history. And uh, like, it's sad as we're currently living through like a 1984 era of society where it's like, you know, you guys need to pick up some books and look at where this ends up. You know, it's, it's not good. And uh, that's, 
that is would be my hope for this generation as they pick up a history book. Yeah, it's crazy. If you don't know your history, you're destined to repeat it without even knowing you're repeating it. Like, yep. come on, guys. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. As we wind it down, though, we head towards the finish here. Just give me some of your, your favorite fights. I love the Manhoof fight. Obviously, you're like a Strike Force legend. I used to Strike Force was great. I used to love Strike Force. Uh, Robbie Lawler, but give me give me some of your uh, your favorite fights. Man, before that, I fought, I fought for WC, and it was like Halloween Fury, and I'm backstage with Chuck and Eric Childers, and they're like, "Hey, uh, do you want to fight at heavyweight?" I was like a 190 pound, 19 year old. And, uh, like, yeah, I'm like, who, who, who are you fighting? Like, I don't know that guy. And it was like this big, huge, burly shaved head, you know, 28 year old, uh, boxer. And I was like, sure. You know, that, that it's that like late nineties, early two thousands MMA was a totally different thing than what everybody's used to now where there's like lights and smoke and production. And, you know, you get to watch like the backstory to each of these guys. Um, you know, back then it was like, Hey, you want to fight that guy? It's like, yeah, I'll fight that guy. And you go fight that guy. Um, eight man tournaments in that eight man tournament was like everybody that was good at the time. Dennis Kang, Jason Mel- Mayhem uh, Miller, uh, myself, Ryan Narte. Um, and, this eight man tournament, it was being refed by Matt Hughes, Chuck Liddell, Jeremy Horn were in the corner of most of the fighters. And, uh, you know, you, you had to fight. It was pride rules on an Indian reservation. And it was the, the extreme cage fighting championship. Um, you could kick down opponents. You could knee down opponents. And uh, you had you had to fight three times in one night to be the champion. And it was awesome. It was awesome. And you won it, right? Yeah, I know you beat Mayhem Miller, but I don't know if that was the finals or not. Yeah, now I fought him in the semifinals. But you won. But you won the the whole thing, which is great. Yep. That um, uh, that Ma- uh, Manhoof fight that I was talking about, I love. I love the Robbie Lawler fight. I thought you won the Jacare fight, the Bisping fight. I love just because it's like probably an underdog, just because of his resume, and then you just yeah. wipe the floor with him. So I mean, that those are some of my favorites, really. Really fun fight. I wish you fought more. I mean, you think you were 16 to 4, 20 times. I almost wish you fought more, you know? Yeah, I think like the first 20, 30 fights were before they were even keeping track, you know? Um, you, 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 I'm old. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, th- this was before Sure Dog. This was before MMA Weekly, MMA Junkie. You know, not, none of that stuff was even around. Um, I was going to New Orleans to fight in the barroom floors and to St. Augustine Island to, you know, to fight in the beach on a rope ring and to go down to Tijuana or Cobra um, you know, th- those dirty fights. Did you ever think about pro wrestling? I'm just kind of surprised you never got into it. Nah. You have the personality for it though. You know what I mean? Like you had, you got that, uh, that certain swagger to you. You could have done <laughs> some pro wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're better athletes than me. I was thinking about it because I saw that awesome uh, action figure you, you had. So I was like, oh, maybe he could have been, you know, obviously on timkennedy.com, but you got that awesome, um, Almost like G.I. Joe-esque action figure. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 hilarious. Um, his name is Duster, and um, he's got uh, he's got two heads. He's got my regular head like this, and then during the during winter, I grew out this big goatee, and it's my hunting it's my hunting beard, and he's got that too. So it's kind of funny. Love it. How do you think like you'll be remembered as far as MMA? Your your obviously his history with the the military. How do you think the stamp, if you're going to leave behind, like, how do you think Tim Kennedy will be remembered? Um, I think my kids are going to miss me. I think, uh, the, 
the things that I leave behind, like the businesses and the positive effect I have for this country. I hope those are the things that people look to. Um, fighting was, um, was this, was a hobby. Think about the book though. It's perfect. Scars and stripes. You're fighting the Taliban, UFC and yourself. So, I mean, that's like a kind of a perfect way to kind of encapsulate you. It's like you're fighting it yourself also the evil terrorists and some ufc fighters along the way i mean pretty crazy a life you had yeah it's it's been it's been a wild ride a lot more to do man i'm i'm uh, i'm honestly just getting started and you did some nazi hunting which is pretty remarkable that i did not a lot of people got to do that in my in this generation so yeah. i got i got that feather in my hat give us like all the information of what you're up to today ranger up uh, timkennedy.com like you know everything you're up to today yeah sheepdog response is a. Uh, the building I'm sitting in right now, it's a defensive tactics training company. Um, I have Noble Defender, a uh, tactical weapons accessory company. Um, and uh, everything else for me on social media is Tim Kennedy MMA. So you can find me on, on all the social medias. What's up next for you? What, what are we, what are we going to be look, looking out for? I got a couple of TV shows that we're working on. Um, working on another book. Um, you know, businesses are booming. So a lot more business stuff. Um, just launched a new supplement line yesterday called Live Relentless, and uh, you know we're just hammering on. Nice. What's uh, what's in Live Relentless? What do you got going on there as far as supplements? Uh, we we have uh, pre workouts, uh, with vitamin packs, and uh, whey proteins, um, post workout meals, all 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 of like your basic cornerstone supplements that most athletes use. All right, Tim, thank you so much for all the time. Of course, everybody, I implore you to follow you on Instagram. You're a great follow on, on IG. I know me and my buddy, we always uh, sending us whatever you're up to. We always send each other back and forth. So, Tim, thank you so much for all the time. Really appreciate it. You appreciate you. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother. Frankly, if this were really a picture of Hitler, it would change history. I mean, this is potential proof positive that the guy got to Argentina. But then we get something like a picture, my antenna go up, like, uh-oh, got to look into this. A photo of Hitler in 1960, I approach that with complete skepticism. Till we can confirm, get some sort of confirmation on this picture, uh, it would be irresponsible to show it on air. It certainly looks like it could be Adolf Hitler, but yeah, we have to be really careful with this. We have great responsibility that comes with this investigative undertaking. My major problem with the photo is we just know so little about this. Just because the photograph is found in Argentina doesn't mean that's where the photograph was taken. We don't know what it is. It's our job to get to the bottom of this particular photograph, so I've ordered a forensic analysis of the photograph, also to undertake the, the facial recognition. Over the last 72 hours, 
Anametrics Technologies has analyzed the potential photograph of Adolf Hitler in Argentina after World War II. Their state-of-the-art facial recognition software is used by law enforcement and military agencies around the world. They're scanning the images, there's an algorithm, and it gives a percentage of what are the odds that the two images match. They have shared the results of their examination with the team. What we're able to learn from undertaking that type of forensic examination, as well as our own reconnaissance, our own independent research, we determine that this is not a photograph of Adolf Hitler. As someone who's done a lot of work, uh, uh, forensic work with, with photographs, I can tell you this wasn't Adolf Hitler that was taken in the 1960s. That's okay. That's what we do. We had to investigate it. We did investigate it. We move on from there. There's not sufficient evidence that Hitler died in the bunker on April 30th, 1945. Could Adolf Hitler gotten out of Berlin and how did he do it? How did he enter Argentina? We're gonna look at who could facilitate hiding Hitler. 